Let's Define Win, a podcast for everyday horse enthusiasts to laugh, commiserate, and learn that life is all about how you define wins. All right, everyone, welcome to episode nine. We are here talking about all things horses on Let's Define Win. The quality and the dollar amount of the horse does not necessi- does not correlate with rider's ability. Yeah, because it definitely doesn't. You know, like you have people who think they can buy talent and like, yeah, you buy a really talented horse, but it's the same thing with like a stick shift car or a tractor or whatever. Like if you don't know how to drive it, you're not going to be successful. And I think that's something that's like really intimidating. You know, like when you know someone has spent $80,000 on this horse to do the horsemanship or the showmanship or whatever. Cause like, it makes you feel like, Oh, I'm out here with my horse that like I trained myself or my horse that, you know, I definitely did not pay $80,000 for, you know, you start to feel like a little bit unworthy, a little bit like you just don't stack up, but just because they have an $80,000 horse doesn't mean they're going to win the class, you know? You know, and like, I know I've looked at someone and like when I, especially like when I was like new to like this whole like up level, right? Mm -hmm. Wow. They have a really nice horse. They must be really good because, because their talent is so good. They need to have a horse that is at that level too. Mm-hmm. right because like then they just wouldn't be like realizing and utilizing all of their talent that they have as a rider and therefore they need a horse that can match that but like that's definitely not the case like I've definitely come to realize that mm-hmm. no like I think it's super important to realize like you can level up with the same so like you know you and I both have kind of gone through the ranks of like 4-H, open shows, moving to breed shows or whatever. And like I was lucky enough to do that with the same horse. And that's just because, you know, I don't like change. So I haven't wanted to get a new horse until now. But um, you know, like you can level up and grow and change just by like putting in the work and, you know, asking questions and really just like trying to improve your craft and just trying to learn your just trying to learn more about it and so you don't necessarily have to always buy the finished product that's so good and like you can that's great but we're here to talk about the opposite end you know the working hard learning building growing to this next level and there's not saying that you don't do that when you buy something that's the finished product but there's arguably far less steps when you do it that way. I don't know how many times I've looked at people like gone to an open show or a pro H show or something like that and watched like their patterns and their goes and like, wow, like I could not have done that. And I think like some people will associate like, oh, because you do, you know, only do whatever level or because you only do whatever association, you're not as good as, you know, insert like something, right? Different level, different association, what have you. But, like, that's not true at all. Like, people pick and choose, like, what they, where they want to go, what classes, levels, associations that they want to do because that's, you know, the time that they want to put in, the work, the money, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, right, I think, to our point, like, the money and talent between a horse and a rider is not always 
is really just not correlated typically. Right. And like that's not going to say there isn't some like incredibly talented riders out there that have an incredibly talented horses, but I think the difference in that aspect is like what well, kind of what we were talking about last week, you know, those are the people who are like super driven, those are the people who want to you know constantly challenge themselves and those are the people who are working really hard at their craft day in and day out and so they're so talented themselves that you know the horse's job is easier you know like you see some like these really really cool horses out there that you know the trainer's riding or the parent is riding or the older sibling is riding you know and the horse does so well and then maybe a different sibling gets on or a different parent or some, you know, someone else and the horse looks like a completely different horse. And I think that just goes to prove that it's so much on the rider's talent and the rider's ability to, you know, make that horse go through the maneuvers. Right. You could spend a shit ton of money on a really nice horse and as a rider, you could take it up or you could also take it down, like talking about potential there, right? Like, Oh, for sure. Your horse could be automatic and autonomous and everything, but if you're completely detracting from the picture and their performance, then... Yeah, so there's this lady that I've gotten to know a little bit through the Pino circuit, and I think she's just the ultimate example of, you know, if you're willing to work hard, if you're willing to ask questions, if you're willing to you know, seek out help and just try um, that you can be really successful. So she has this horse or pony, I guess, like 23 or 24 now. And she just constantly worked at it and constantly tried to level up and teach this pony all these skills. And so she grew up showing it in 4-H and then open shows and then got um, hardship papers in the pinno and started showing it on the pinno circuit and this pony has won like i'm gonna say near like 40 reserve and world championships out there in like everything from the uh western dressage english dressage the hunter hack she just won the trail the the trail at the the show this year um you know is so talented in the showmanship and this lady like you know, her whole thing is, like, she just works with this pony, and she loves the pony. She looks at her and say, like, you know, this has been my lifelong show partner. We've learned so much together. We've overcome so much together. You know, we overcame all of our struggles. You know, we really both wanted it, and I think if you go into it that mindset, you're going to be successful, and you're going to just have, like, a lot better of an experience. Yeah, I remember the first time watching them go when I had seen them. And I just remember, like, rooting for them. And then, like, as just, as just like, the person, you know, as just, like, an average person, right? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's finally, like, a representative. Hard work is, like, really what kind of beats it out at the end of the day. Yeah, no, she's so successful. And it's just so cool to see it you know like it's always a reminder to me whenever I see her or someone like her you know who truly just like their secret is like working and trying and wanting it like just having the drive to go do it I think that's so incredible I wish I had that you know yeah I think it's just 
I don't know, so easy to look around and see, you know, because, I mean, you can kind of tell, you know, the horses that were a little bit pricier in the pen, and those people tend to have the nicer saddles and, you know, the really nice, <laughs> the really nice, you know, jackets. And I think that's really, you know, daunting when you're out there just trying to level up and hold your own, you know? But you shouldn't let that affect the way you ride the class or how you feel about yourself or your horse. Therapy with Maddie and Angela. <laughs> yeah. Free therapy. It doesn't get better or cheaper than this. Yeah. It's probably not that good. Do not sue us if you follow our advice. We're not certified. On the flip side of that, too, when you talk about buying expensive things and hoping to compensate for talent or whatever, right? Uh, I think wardrobes are something that I tend to think of as the same same, same vein there. And um, yeah. I know I've only matured. Maybe maybe matured's not the right word, but that um, could give off the wrong vibe here. But uh, <laughs> increased style, maybe, is a better way to put it. I don't know. What about you? Yeah, my my wardrobe has definitely um, improved, matured, what have you, um, in the last few years. But I think the thing that, like, maybe I've learned is a lot of times less is more. Mm -hmm. And I say that, like, a nice button-down shirt like, I, I prefer it in a lot of aspects. Like, you can get away with it in the pleasure now. You can get away with it in the horsemanship. You can get away with it in the halter, uh, in the western riding, for sure, in the trail, for sure. You know, there's definitely a lot of places where you can get away with it. And I think it looks so much more put together than maybe an ill-fitting jacket or something that's, like, doesn't really complement your horse color-wise or something that doesn't necessarily fit you. Yeah. I know I know. I talked to, at the Iowa Pinot Show, I was talking to a girl. It wasn't you, but you said something pretty similar, too. But she ended up buying, like, a men's, like, clubbing silk shirt that she said she got for, like, 10 bucks. Okay, yeah. for, you, can, you can buy literally 40 of those yeah. and still be under, like, a somewhat decent jacket for that price. And you can have one of every shade. Yeah. And, like, it's gonna, it, it looked, honestly, like it was, like, over $600. Like, there are... Yeah, it was a nice shirt. Yeah, there's a lot of ways. I think button-down is a really nice way to do Western. Like, that's what I showed in, like, over my jacket down at Pinot World. I was like, this thing is just too comfortable and flattering to not show in. Yeah, like, I have, most of my wardrobe is button-down shirts. I'll wear, like, a blazer for color or for halter over a button-down shirt um you know like I did invest in like a nicer hunt seat coat but you know I had never really had one and again like hunt seat is just cheaper clothing wise than it is western um but like that coat's gonna stay in style for years so I justified it knowing like I can show in this coat for the next probably five years and still be fashionable I have like I have a nice vest that I wear for like western pleasure and stuff but again I've had that for probably four years and it's still in fashion I still wear it all the time but it's so 
easy now to like look up a pattern online or get someone to like make you a vest shell and then like stone it yourself you know like it's so like all Mm -hmm. of the resources are there and so I think like that's a really cool way to cut costs and then I think like buying used like my showmanship outfit is used and I just bought it for a friend and like it's it's nothing that I would have bought like saw it on the rack and like oh god I have to have that but I mean it's nice it fits well and it was a third or a fourth of the price of a new one you know like yeah there's a lot on Facebook groups out there Mm -hmm. to um friends like even just like showing like with certain groups and circuit circuits you'll find a lot and just Facebook even without Mm -hmm. groups too um this is I know my first couple blazers that I had for English or hunt seat Mm -hmm. were um from Goodwill yeah yeah several of mine were too yeah, and, like, now, like, it's a cool thing to have, like, maybe not, maybe I'm just thinking I'm more stylish than what I am, which is totally possible and within the realm of possibilities, mm-hmm. but, like, there's, like, piping and stuff that people put on there, like, yeah, that's, like, just go buy, like, a cheap blazer, I think, and you could, like, get someone else to do it or even do it yourself, too. Yeah. There's so many people that are doing their own now, too, like, and they have no sewing experience before. Exactly. Like, it doesn't take that much. And, like, going back to your point, just going and buying a blazer. Like, I was shopping on Friday, and I picked up two blazers, one in, and I think I paid 30 bucks for both of them. Like, in total, I paid $30 for two blazers. You know, so it's, if you just pay attention, and you just kind of find something that will work, again, you can wear, like, a brighter colored shirt under it, or whatever it is. And, like, it just... Like, it's perfectly acceptable to show in that. Yeah. As long as stuff fits, I think, is, like, the biggest thing that anyone will say. I think as long as it fits and it's not, like, an audacious color that completely clashes with your horse, like, wear what, like, wear what makes you feel good. And, like, you shouldn't feel less than because someone in front of you has, you know, an $8,000 jacket on. You know, like, again, it goes back to our point, like, your wind can be going in the class feeling good and you're... $12 Amazon shirt, you know, like if it fits, it's so easy just to put darts in and like shape it to your body and just, it looks good. You know, that, that can beat out. Like you see that all the time, like in the Western pleasure at the paint world this year and at the quarter horse world, I think the woman that was third in the amateur pleasure, she was wearing just a button down shirt, like nothing special to it. You know, it wasn't super blingy, like just fitted button down shirt, nicely shaped hat, black chaps. You know, mm-hmm. your outfit should have nothing to do with your placing in the arena. I agree. And I think a great time to buy new stuff is when it breaks. Um, <laughs> like, there is no better excuse yeah. for you to buy something new when your traps split at a horse show like mine did. I, you know, they split and I couldn't get off the horse. And or else they were just going to fall in shambles. Like, literally from the knee to, like, the crotch was, like, split in one. It was, like, worn thin. I don't know. I started crossfitting or something <laughs> that summer, and I, my, I guess my quads just really beefed out, went Hulk or something, I guess. It was just the right one. It wasn't both. But Did so, it split on, like, the top or the bottom? It split on, like, the inside. Oh, okay. It was, like, it was almost like a bar, like, one of those, like, barber pole, barber pole stripes, you know? So, it, like, yeah. started like, behind my knee <laughs> and ended towards, like, the front. So, like, 180 degrees, like, from my knee to my hip. And they went with a navy blue outfit, so it was just time to get a new one. So after that, I capitalized and got a much better, hardier pair of black chaps yeah. that I plan to have for the rest of my life as long as I fit in them. 
Like I have had them taken in. I will find someone who can figure out how to take them out if that's the right, right verb to use here. Um, but I plan on having them for a very long time. Same with my black hat. Yeah. I've had some major wardrobe malfunctions, but I ripped the knee out of my chaps this year. And like, I don't quite know how you rip the knee out of your chaps, but like the I front did. The back. The front. And it was right where like you bend your knee. So like your kneecap. So like my little, like the edge of my kneecap was like sticking out. <laughs> it was like waving in the trail. And I was like, hey, everybody, those are like my favorite chaps I've ever had. And I finally gotten them broken. So those went and got repaired and I'm still wearing them and I will wear them for as long as I fit in them. Chaps are uh, an investment. It's hard to like rationalize getting rid of them. Well, and like, I especially if they're good pair, ones. Like it's yeah, so hard to come by a good just, pair. A hobby horse pair you know like I've had several pairs that were custom made that I don't like and I don't wear anymore don't tell that to my father because he paid for them and was so proud no like I've definitely had like buttons rip off shirts like in the middle of class I at one point I was wearing this vest that wasn't super like fitted I guess and I went to get off and my vest got hooked on the saddle horn and I like dove off to the side and it was like holding me on and I was like oh my gosh like what do you do so I just pulled back really hard and just ripped it and not like ripped it like just ripped the zipper like it just ripped the side panel and I, again it was just like flopping out because it ripped the shirt underneath too so that was unfortunate what about some bad outfits you've had like I've had some sad excuses of outfits I had an all navy blue outfit. It was like mm -hmm. navy chaps, gray shirt, and navy vest. And that was that was like one of my first like nicer. I love that it's like all like the same color. Every yeah. it was like when I first started showing at breed level, and I was like, I'm not doing black chaps. That's what everyone else does. <laughs> Look at me now, but um, yeah. <laughs> and it was cute. It was pretty. I liked it. Um. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't for. It wasn't flattering on me. I looked, what I thought to be a potato again, <laughs> like a string, like like a chunky string cheese is what I thought I looked like. Oh, that was blue. Good, 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 good. I had this. So we went to, I think it was when it was still called the Mayflower, or actually I think it is still called the Mayflower. That quarter horse show in Des Moines. We went there because the gal we took lessons for was showing there and they had all these like show clothes out in the aisle and there was this fuchsia royal blue and gold showmanship outfit that I was just so drawn to and she's like oh yeah like you that would really look good with your mare Dixie you know that that would look good and so she convinces my parents to get it for me and she goes oh well you can you can definitely ride in that too so I was like okay sure well, so I had a black hat, brown boots, and, like, chocolate brown chaps. So for a whole summer, I insisted on wearing that combo. Fuchsia, chocolate brown pant or chaps, my brown boots. I might have started wearing black boots by that point. Um, my black hat and then royal blue up here. And it was atrocious. Like, I don't know why I ever thought that was a great idea. And then the next summer... I got, I'm looking at the picture right now, I got some, like, pink chaps that were lighter than fuchsia, so I tried to wear that combo for a while, but then that was when I drew the line, and I was like, this is ridiculous, I look stupid. So then I just got a black shirt 
to wear it with my bright pink chaps. Mm. And I wore that for a summer. And I was probably 15 or 16. Like, this was recent. I was on a big kick of gloves, like, black hunt gloves in Western classes for a while. <laughs> I don't know why. I just thought it, like, oh, well, if we do it in, like, when, if we do it when we ride English, like, it would look just as good when we ride Western. And, like, by that logic, I stand by my argument to this day. But, like, it's just not a thing that people do, I guess. Which is fine. Like, I don't like it. I hate riding in gloves anyways, and I don't need an excuse to buy more shit. I definitely like the bare, bare hands in Ingl- in Western. Going to, like, the no gloves thing. Like, I don't understand why men don't have to wear gloves in English. Like, that drives me bonkers. Oh, they don't? I didn't know that. No, like, men don't wear some... I guess I never really watched a lot of men show hunty before, so I just never noticed. But yeah, I was like, wait, they don't have to wear gloves? Like, why do... Why do I have to wear gloves? You know, it's another dumb trend. I don't know. I guess you didn't really deem this dumb trend, but I did. I just did. It's the hunt cap bullshit. Like, what's it there for? Well, I guess the same thing is like, what's a ha- what's a hat there for? But like, why are we wearing this pretend helmet looking thing? I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, I was just going to say like, oh, you know, it's for protection. But you know what? My hunt cap, if I fall off, I don't think it'd be saving me. You know, like, I think it Does would Does it have just... straps? No, I don't have a helmet. No, I, I don't think your strapless helmet will save you. <laughs> yeah, and I just... I don't know. I guess the reason people wear cowboy hats to show is probably because, like, cowboys wear cowboy hats cause, to keep the sun out of their eyes, you know? Yeah, and I feel like people who wore... who showed English wore helmets because they were... They were going to be jumping. Yeah. But here we are wearing gloves and strapless helmets. I think my crowning moment, honestly, this might not necessarily be the best one ever, but like in the wind pick that we had in Tulsa, I wore the same colored shirt as the curtain. Yeah. (laughs) Like everyone talks about green screen, but no, let's talk about like, I don't know, blue screen or periwinkle screen, whatever color it is. Like that is my crowning moment of bad matching. I would say. Oh, you know what combo I do? I So I have a jacket that's like mm. gold and I don't know, wine color, burgundy, whatever we want to call it. Yeah. And I wore that with a black and white saddle pad because I was convinced it was going to go all, like go together because I wasn't going to spend like a penny more to get a matching saddle pad. Like, no, no. Like I was going to buy a decent jacket, but I wasn't going to go the extra mile to get a matching saddle pad. I, that only lasted one show, and I saw a picture, and I was like, it's time to get a new saddle pad. Wardrobe malfunctions are, are are tough. You know, what's important, though, is, like, we're always improving and going forward outfit-wise. Um, as long as we don't find you in brown fuchsia and pink again anytime <laughs> soon, I won't be concerned. Yeah, I went through this phase where, like, I had this really cool belt that um, was brown, and had these really pretty horseshoes on it. Like, did you ever go through those, like, really bejeweled belts phase? I had one, but it wasn't that bad. I never wore it. Oh, well, I had, like, that three. much to horseshoes. Okay. Um, yeah, I definitely have three. Anyway, um, I, so I had this brown belt that I thought was really pretty, but I only had a black hat. And then I really liked my sister's brown boots that weren't the same color brown as the belt. So I, like, really insisted on wearing that for the county fair one year. And, again, just looked 
colorblind and had the most ill-fitting shirt and I had never I wouldn't let my mom tie my tie you know that like your little necktie because she wanted to like wrap it around and make it like you know a, a, a block of color and I just I don't know I just didn't trust her to do it so I would just loop it around and tie it once and then it would just flap all day long in like a cape yeah like it like would you were yeah, superman the knot would go behind, it would just flap, and it would get, like, caught in my hair. Um, because, you know, Dixie was not slowing down for the Western Pleasure. She was going to do whatever the hell she wanted, and she wanted to go fast. Yeah. Do you, have you talked about your your basketball shorts incident at all? Um, I have not talked about my basketball shorts incident. Are we saving that? Is that worth a full episode? I really think it could pair quite nicely right now. Honestly. Yeah, I know we we can do that. Yeah, so do the listeners deserve to hear this story? I think the listeners deserve to hear my basketball short story. And I'm going to frame basketball this basketball shorts everyone. Sit out. Basketball shorts. I'm going to frame this first. I saw someone else wearing shorts under no. the chat. Okay, <laughs> you but don't they were rationalize this. Jean shorts. Anyway, okay. So Going back to those custom pairs of chaps that, yeah, I, I still wear them when I do, like, Cowgirl Queen, and I wore them for, like, some rodeo stuff, so I did wear them quite often. Anyway, so Toby's first ever paint show was at Iowa Falls, and I decide, you know, I'm going to wear my white chaps. It was July, so it was hot, and I was getting ready to pack, and I noticed, like, hey, I have some white mesh basketball shorts. I bet you I can just wear those under my chaps because they'd be warmer. Or they'd be, sorry, they'd be cooler. <laughs> so, yeah, I pull on these white mesh basketball shorts, pull on my white chaps over the top of it, realize, like, tuck my shirt into my white mesh basketball shorts, realize, like, hmm, I need to wear a belt. So I just wrap this white bedazzled belt, again, my bedazzled belts, around the innovation. The, the top and went in and showed my class and my shirt was horrible I was wearing the worst hat but none of it was as bad as my white mesh basketball shorts underneath the chat I was wearing like four dollar white Amazon boots Julie was there and I hadn't seen her since really we bought Toby from them so you know I was like trying to be all cool about this anyway I'll swab with- yeah yeah like a true professional yeah yeah just just showing her what i was all about um whip off these white chaps and i'm just standing there in these basketball shorts and with my pink shirt tucked into them in my belt around all of that in my white amazon boots can we call them dallas cowgirl boots that just sounds a little bit more showgirly and i i think that that's literally what they look like. I'm looking at them right now and sweating just thinking about it. <laughs> and Julie just happens to come around the corner and, like, sees me at this point, And she goes, oh, well, that's one way to do it. And just keeps walking. <laughs> you must have really impressed her with something or else why would she have taken you in? Yeah, why would she have? That's probably why she took Toby back into her barn. She was like... This kid clearly needs some help. Maybe she tried to buy Toby back after she saw that, and your parents just haven't told you yet. I'm just impressed that you had bare legs under your chaps. Like, my, I just imagine all sorts of chap zipper pinching. 
how do you decide when to jump in with helping people with their traps or not, aka grope someone? How do you how do you decide when to jump in or not? Well, I try to come from the front, you know? I don't just, like, walk up behind and start, like, pulling and zipping, you know? So I usually wait. Rearranging and pulling. <laughs> yeah, well, it's so awkward and, you know, whatever. It's true, so, yeah. So first, like, I just try to wait for someone to be like, oh, I need help getting my traps on then. And so I just kind of wait until they've, like, had, like, four wrong attempts of trying to get it started, you know? And then I'll say, you know, hey, do you do you need some help? You know, I, I tend to struggle with that, too. So, like, I try to, like, make it, you know, like, oh, I struggle, too. And I always, I always say, oh, I have very weak hands. <laughs> if I can't get it to zip, like, I don't want them to feel badly about themselves. Oh, and that's interesting. That's good. I took the other approach that you were trying to get out of it. You're like, oh, someone else shows up. I've got weak hands. You should probably do it. No, like, no, I you're always just being feel, a selfless person. Good for you. Yeah, well, it's, like, hard to, like, because you got to kind of, like, especially if they're wearing jeans, you know, you got to, like, stick your finger in and kind of, like, move the mm -hmm. jeans. You got to be on fringe control and push down. And sometimes you got to hold up here. And then your hands just, you know, resting in their butt cheek. Mm -hmm. all up in there sometimes you have to adjust and sometimes and then if they hold. start moving too and like trying yeah. to help and like your hands get knocked around and all of a sudden like <laughs> the worst is when like you're done and they bend over to like <laughs> roll their chaps up and you just get like smacked in the face <laughs> with their ass you know you're just like so yeah i always roll zip down and then roll up right away so they don't have to like feel yeah. like they need to bend make a over. point of it oh let me roll it up for you uh-huh yeah. But I do have chap extenders in my bag, just, you know. Oh, good for you. You know, there's there's no larger anxiety than the first show of the year, putting on your chaps, and you're like, I really hope these fit from last year when I was done. Would you go in without chaps on? Yeah, I probably I would. would. Like, I've, I feel like I've gone in worse. Yeah, like, I have I have done worse, you know? No, I was I was talking about that with someone else the other day, you know, like, getting things tailored in, you know? It's, like, it's hard to know when... Or like where you want to get them tailored because at the beginning of the show season you're just coming off winter and you're just you can't you can't have cutting season without bulking season exactly you know like that's that's what I'm saying so you know it's not really feasible to have like a set of like you know pre-cut and bulk clothing so you just kind of gotta right I gotta go with it yeah and I think one of the things too like especially the variation within your own body is, like, they could be custom chaps, like, but you don't know if they're gonna fit today or tomorrow or, like, at the beginning of the show season, and that absolutely kills me. When you go on Facebook groups and you look to buy wardrobes and stuff like that, and someone is, like, custom jacket or custom pants or custom chaps or custom jacket. No, honey, it's custom to you and your measurements only. It's not mm -hmm. custom for me. I'm buying your it's not even a rack size, so, like, I don't even know if it's going to fit. Yeah, you might give me your measurements, but, like, don't tell me it's custom at that point, because at that point, it's just, if it's not custom to me, it's all, like, it's all in the same boat. Yeah, like, I think by saying custom is just, like, a way to make things seem more expensive, you know? Like, because, you know, to the tailor or the person making the outfit, it doesn't make them any difference if they're making a standard size small or if they're taking you know four inches off 
the chest like some of us need and you know leaving the you know what i mean like it makes no difference what they're making so you know like at, by saying custom it really doesn't it doesn't yeah. change it doesn't move the needle for me by you saying like hey this is custom made showmanship outfit all i hear is i'm gonna throw an extra grand on here or five hundred dollars or whatever mm -hmm. because it's custom for me and therefore it's <laughs> custom for you like that's and the thing is is like you can get custom in so many different qualities nowadays like you can get super high-end custom you can get like overseas custom you could yeah. you could tailor it to yourself to be custom like it literally could be any sort of custom like you don't no i fully agree man it's just a fancy word to add yeah. more zeros yeah what else are some really interesting ways of selling things you think i love it when people say beautiful or gorgeous in like all capital like beautiful gorgeous like eye-catching you know okay yeah, that's, that's stunning that's that's a different one. So I think like beautiful, gorgeous, stunning are all in the eye of the beholder. But you say like eye-catching and you're like, okay, yeah, that definitely, does, <laughs> that definitely does draw the eye, you know, because it, it could be really ugly. Because it's <laughs> pink, golden, fuchsia, and brown. <laughs> it could be like so off unique. Unique is another word. You're like, <laughs> like my showmanship outfit's unique. Someone can think it's beautiful, and someone can think it's the ugliest thing they've ever seen. You know? Like, it's very... Well, and two, it's so fun to see... It's not really fun to see this, but, like, I think it's so interesting to see how the picture can influence, like, the dollar value of something being sold on Facebook. Like, someone puts it on a mannequin, automatically extra $200, you know? Oh, someone... You know, gets a cool video of it glinting in the sunlight just a certain way. All of a sudden, it's eye-catching and beautiful, and it is an additional, like, Toss another zero on there. Might as well, yeah. you know. <laughs> I've seen a couple where people will do, like, the sparkle filters on there to really exaggerate the sparkles. Oh, yeah. And it kills me. Yeah. Like, oh, no, got I, me. You know, people are proud of what they have and want to sell it and, you know, make some money off it so they can buy something new, but the tactics kill me. It's just... Mm -hmm. And, I mean, maybe if I was more marketing-driven, I would think, like, oh, yeah, okay, but... Or, like, the used but not abused one, that's a really good one I love. I love that one. Like, you'll see it on tack, but you'll see it on clothes, too. Used but not abused, it's some, like, white shirt, and there's, like, sweat stains in the pits and, like, makeup, like, on the collar or whatever. Yeah. Um, my favorite is when people are selling, like, work saddles, especially. They'll say amateur owned. Oh, okay. So, I know what they're trying to say is, you know, a trainer hasn't been riding 12 horses a day in this saddle for the last four years. Like, I get that, but some Still looks pretty beat are, up. Yeah, like, some amateurs are a train wreck, you know? <laughs> like, like, okay, so they only rode four horses in it a day for the past two years, but four of those horses were Bronx, and they went running into the wall. And it's missing and they, a horn. Yeah, like, this saddle has seen some things. You know, like, I get why they're trying to say that but it's like hmm, that doesn't really i noticed there's a new fender on that did you buy that because you liked the newer styles or because <laughs> a horse ripped it off load her up the thing that blows my mind though is shipping costs for saddles like holy oh, shit I, I like i don't know if i did this wrong or right but i'm pretty sure i spent over 200 dollars on shipping a western saddle a couple months ago Okay, maybe I did do that wrong. Uh, it shouldn't have been that much. So here we are at the end of our episode. We hope you guys found some value in what we've talked about today. You know, 
the point that we really want to hit home is that you don't have to have the most expensive horse to be successful in the show pen. You know, it's really about the hard work and dedication and all of the time you pour into your craft and learning to be the best you can be and really setting yourself apart in that aspect. We also gave some tips and tricks maybe on some outfit selections on how to kind of cheat the system there a little bit and then also talk about some of our worst dressed moments. So uh, pictures to follow on our Instagram. So make sure you're checking that out. Um, like us, share, retweet, uh, follow us on Facebook for some fun video content and just let us know what you're liking. Leave us reviews. Um, hit us up in the DMs. We always love hearing from you guys and we really appreciate hearing your stories and um, we'll catch you at the next, the next cast.